Blog Talk Radio. December 26, 2014 edition of Don't Let It Go Unheard. It's the last Don't Let It Go Unheard for 2014. This show is the show where you hear about news, politics, and culture from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy. Ayn Rand's philosophy of objectivism is the only philosophy that upholds the right to the pursuit of your own happiness. I'm your host, Amy Peekoff, and joining me very soon will be cartoonist Bosch Faustin. And I see that some of the usual suspects are here in the chat room already participating, so welcome, everyone. I see John Roberts, Freedom Breeze, A.C. AC Craig in Pennsylvania, and just Jean. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm glad to see a turnout for the day after Christmas. I didn't you know, quite know what we would expect on this holiday weekend, so we're glad that you can join us. As you saw, we're having sort of an end-of-year free-for-all. And one thing that I did do in preparation for the show was I was watching a ABC end-of-the-year special, and they went over the top news stories for the year. Um, and actually, I'm going to have to actually... I, I hear Bosch right now, so I'm going to have to actually ask him to go grab my little note thing that I made earlier on it. But one thing that was conspicuously missing from the list of headlines that they had uh, was the Republican kind of takeover of the Senate in November. You know, Bosch, I have a little, that little uh, square note paper where I took all that ABC notes. It's out there somewhere. And at, at the top of it was Ebola, of course. Uh, you know, I was looking at all of these top news stories of the year and all of the great people who died during 2014. And it is no wonder that people just say that 2014 is the year of meh. And that is indeed how it was portrayed in an AP news story. It's a Times Square poll feeling optimistic for 2015. And this was featured at the top of Drudge today. And you kind of do wonder why people right now have reason yeah, to feel optimistic. Were you surprised that the poll says that people are feeling optimistic for 2015, boss? I was. I mean, I feel optimistic for 2015. We have a good reason to, but in general, I, uh, I, I am a little surprised. Yeah. Hello, everyone. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Hope you hear me. I hope people can, too. I think they can. I haven't heard anyone in the chat room complain that they cannot hear us. Did I interrupt yet? Uh, you didn't interrupt yet. Yeah, so what do we have? We have 
Ebola Ferguson, well, just, just Garner ISIS, Boko Haram, the Malaysian Airlines 370 that disappeared into thin air, and then it was another Malaysian Airlines I jet so. that was shot down in Ukraine. Yes, I believe uh, that's right. We have Cosby being a scumbag. Yeah. We have uh, Reconciling with Cuba. Um, reconciling with a dictatorship that's listed as a terrorist state by our State Department and our government. Right. So that's who, who we're working with. We have Republicans letting us down, although that's not how ABC put it, yeah. of course. Uh, we have all these people who we lost this year. Joan Rivers, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Mike Nichols, Valentino, Lauren Bacall, James Garner, Sid Caesar, Joe Cocker, Robin Williams. And uh, when you look at all these things, you say, okay, almost good riddance for 2014. Although, for many people, there were a lot of good things that were accomplished. And there were some great innovations made along the way. Some of them I kind of took well, down as notes. There was also hope being built in a lot of ways by individuals going out there and fighting well, and, and for this the future. Is, this is the sense that I got in looking at this article on the Times Square poll because a lot of people are optimistic about things personally in their own lives. Right. But when they talk about how the world at large is doing, yeah. then they're more pessimistic about that. And That I can see. That's very, very clear. No doubt about it. Yeah. It's like the world is crap. Uh, life is beautiful, but the world is crap. And and this this is kind of how I feel like I, I still have this hope. And again, I'm going to call it hope. And I, and those who have listened to this show for a long time, I've had a discussion about hope before. And my grandmother used to say, hope is just a little bit better than despair. Why? Because hope is just a positive emotion. Despair is really a negative emotion. And, and there isn't anything necessarily behind it. So, you know, she says, we don't hope, we know, we don't try, we do. It's all kind of power of positive thinking stuff that my grandmother same time, used though, to purvey. At the same time, though, I never used that word hope when I was younger. Because it, it was given that the future was bright and we were looking forward to doing doing great things. But the last few years... That was in the era of Reagan. It was. Right. And the era where we had a president who, you know, called an evil empire, evil empire, without hesitation. And even all those around him try to stop him from saying that, where he gave uh, our country a little more freedom, you know, took the holds off a little for the economy to 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 explode. But um, in terms of the hope, I I've used it. I think without even thinking about it lately. I don't like that word, but it fits. Right. Because that's all we can go on right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Robert NYC here in the chat room yeah. says that this is him exactly. Personally optimistic, globally not so much. Yeah. And really that's what we've had to reconcile ourselves with over this last year. And particularly if you had any idea that when the Republicans came into a majority that anything good was going to happen yeah. because of that. I, I have little hope about that. Although, no. again, it's... To me, it's all in Ted Cruz in terms of Period. in terms of national politics. It's what is Ted Cruz going to do as a leading figure in the Senate majority, and could he potentially win in 2016? If he won in 2016, we might start having more again hope, <laughs> right? For and, and, this I'm, might I'm be his hope, only window. You, know, you use the word hope when it's really just about emotion and you feel that there's nothing you can do about it personally. There's hope and there's despair. This idea that and, we're a good country still, right. despite Obama, despite the pathetic Republicans, we're still 
we still have a chance, a shot at turning this around. And I think about, you know, Cruz, it's, it's, some people think it's impossible. And that tells me about their sense of life in a way where the good, the decent, has no chance in hell in that cesspool that is Washington. Right. And that's just not true. I mean, there are some, every so often you get decent human beings who enter that cesspool and try to let the country become a little more free. And I think Ted Cruz, in a lot of ways, this is his shot, I think, in the next two years. After that, who knows? If you get a Chris Christie or some other piece of crap, typical statist, then I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I don't see then there'll be a hard, you know, uh, 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 desire for a cruise. I think post Obama, anything goes, any, anything can happen. And that's why a cruise, someone also wrote something about, uh, historically speaking, when the uh, incumbents have a house for, you know, the, the White House for two, for, for two uh, terms, mm-hmm. usually their party suffers in the next presidential, almost always, except for, historically speaking, for Ronald Reagan's quote-unquote third term, which was, uh, you know, that's the only reason why George Bush won, yeah. because he was associated with, with Ronald yeah. Reagan to some extent. And, and, they, and they thought and, they might get that third term. And yeah. Bush tried to repudiate Ronald Reagan, remember that? It's uh, kinder, gentler, you know. Right, right. So, but there, there's a shot for, for Cruz, is what I'm saying, next two years, because Obama is not going to do, Obama will let us know He's far worse than even decent ones thought that he was. Right. Well, I mean, here, here's the thing, though, right? Because, again, the Republican victory in November was not that meaningful due to the low voter turnout. Elizabeth Warren poses a real threat on the national political scene, I think. And the other thing is, let, let's take just the events of this past week, right? We had Sony at first deciding not to show the interview, We had a horrible, pathetic news conference from Obama that I shredded last week. Steve Simpson also said some good stuff about it in the Voices for Reason blog over at the Ayn Rand Institute. I did put a link to that uh, at my blog at don'tletitgo.com today. I don't have a full set of program notes, but I put a link to that. I thought it was great. And I I thanks to Debbie for uh, sharing that actually out there. I read it all day, actually. And I thought he did did a nice job. But but here's the thing. So I, I started my little group my little event on facebook watching team america on christmas day and yes i did stream team america it was actually today though sorry i, I didn't do it on christmas day but honor about you know but yeah i streamed my team america and uh, did my part but this is the thing right in there there's a lot of people who are and, and we talked about this last week demonstrating the American sense of life. I know that Michael Hurd has written a lot about that this week in terms of the reaction to Sony and you know wanting to have Team America play and everything as demonstrating, evincing the American sense of life. But with sales for Team America have exploded. Oh, yeah. For Team America. No. DVD, you know, if, if, Blue, if you yeah. go on Netflix, right, if you go on Netflix and you just start to search for something that begins with T, it'll be suggested very quickly. So... Uh, usually when you try to search for a title on Netflix, it takes millions of years to, to get what you want. But it's very easy this week to get Team America. Yeah, so, you know, and, and that thing, Team America is no great shakes, but it's the whole idea of telling a dictator who thinks he's going to tell you what to watch on TV or in the movie theaters that he cannot do such a thing. You having a headache or something? I, oh, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Should I, should I talk to the listeners about my body falling apart, basically? Yeah. He's like, no. You no. <laughs> and it's not. 
you know. Well, if you know, if, if you don't feel great, you think, uh oh. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, so so the idea is that you know people come out and they're they're demonstrating they have the American sense of life, and so in the event for Team America, watch Team America on Christmas Day that I started on Facebook. There, I posted a link to Obama's comments. Remember after that pathetic press conference, and he told you know Sony they shouldn't back down and don't cave in to these dictators and whatever, and he's going to do something. And I guess they did do something because they shut down the internet maybe, for a while. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. You know, who knows? Somebody. Maybe did. some patriots got together. So okay, let's just uh, show these guys how it is. But they're they're you know basically I put this story up about. Um, how Obama said it was just vandalism, it yeah, wasn't war. Cyber vandalism. Cyber vandalism. Ugh. And, you know, again, when I think of vandalism... Diminishing it. When I think of vandalism, I think of somebody spray-painting yes. on a wall. The thing called the cyber side. terrorism. Right. Yeah. And that that's more like it. Because Doing the, damage. the scale of the damage yep. is so vastly Absolutely. disproportionate to what I think of as vandalism. They've been hurt bad. Sony. You know, vandalism would be you hack into Sony's website you, and you put you, something smutty on it. Or, or you draw a mustache snarky. on Brad Pitt's uh, right, face, you know, right, in red ink. Right. That would be vandalism. Yeah. But this is not vandalism. But you know what? Is... He has to diminish in order for him to get away with not doing anything. That's what he always does. Islam means peace. We can't go after it. You know I mean, we right. can't do a full-scale right. war. Therefore, you know. So when I was there, basically criticizing, and you would think, okay, you've got some people who are pretty much on your side with this Sony thing, with you know, and they want to watch Team America, and you'd think that they would be mad at what Kim Jong Un is doing, right? And then when Obama calls it vandalism, and I say that that's ridiculous, yeah. oh, is this just about criticizing Obama? So a lot of these people who have this. Same reaction as we do yeah. to the Sony episode and to, you know, to, okay, let's watch Team America instead. Yeah. They still do not want to criticize Obama, even when Obama is clearly wrong on this yeah. issue. And then there was a news story that broke, and this was before the Internet outage. So I'm thinking that the Internet outage happened because this news story broke. Fox, I think, broke the story that the Intelligence Committee the you know the Republicans in the Intelligence Committee in the House were saying they were all ready to go with, right. with a counterattack on North Korea, yes. and Obama told them not yes. to do it. Yep. After that news story broke, then we heard about the internet being yep. down and everything. Anyway, so th- this is a story. Imagine what we could do to our enemies if we really wanted to. Right. I mean, we have the right. power to wipe them out. Oh no! I know. If we want to. Right. Right. But so. This was posted about in that group again, in that Facebook group. So, again, you're looking at these people who you think are showing the American sense of life, the idea that they are not going to be told what to do by some two-bit dictator across the world. They're going to watch Team America that says F you to these guys. You know, they're really into it. But, no, when there is some sort of evidence that Obama's not doing what he should be doing back to North Korea, they doubt it. They, oh, well, that was a Republican, and you're just, you know, is this just all about criticizing Obama and, you know, these guys? I don't trust these. It's like this is the head of the intelligence committee in the House, 
And he's just reporting that they had the capacity and they were all ready to go ahead and launch a counterattack, and Obama said no. Do you think this guy's going to lie about something like that? He's the head of the Intelligence Committee in the House. I was going to say for something's sake, but I'm about to swear, right? Um, But I don't think this guy's a liar. And yet, again, you know, as much as we think, okay, um, the election, the 2014 election showed that the American sense of life is alive and well. Well, it is among some people. And maybe you'd say, okay, the reaction about Sony and the willingness to go out there and watch Team America, that shows something about the American sense of life. And I'm telling you, only with some people, and and it goes only so far, because they're still defending Obama, even when he is pathetic in response to something that they're mad about. Right. So, in terms of globally, can you be optimistic about the state of our country? I'm not. I am not. I have some hope, right? And the question is... Outside of Obama, outside of a lot of... uh, Outside of the government in general, only individuals. Can a Ted Cruz tap into enough of the American sense of life and tap into it to such an extent to get people like that who are still defending Obama now to go and vote for him. He's been running president. He's been building for the last year or two. He has been building. That's what he's moving towards. You know, um, he doesn't come out right out and say it, but he doesn't have to yet. No one you know, has really officially gone. He, even uh, Jeb Bush, he officially got in. He hasn't officially got in. Um, so he's been running, and he's been building, and he's been going to donors. Every time he goes to these events, they they come out applauding. I mean, people are, like, really impressed. Right. They're, they're, they're thinking there might be a chance here. But also one thing about Obama, I was a little skeptical, and I expressed it last week, where as soon as his government said – um, that Korea did it, I was like, okay, I'm not sure if they did. And there are news reports now, the Daily Beast and some other sources that say it, North Korea didn't actually threaten, didn't actually do the uh, cyber terrorism against Sony. And only because this, if a Barack Obama and his government say that they, that North Korea did it and they did nothing, I mean, what does that mean? Right. And I was like, you can't know that they did that and do nothing and, and, and get away with not doing anything. So, again, when they said that, that, that uh, North Korea did it, I was like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? But Barack Obama always lies. Always lies. So that's why I was a little skeptical. And there's some stories out there contradicting the, that idea. So, I don't know. We'll see. They're Eventually. saying that maybe North Korea did that's not what they're do saying. it. They're saying some independent hackers. Some independent hackers. And there's uh, some that are claiming they have pure proof about it. I don't know. I guess we'll find out eventually. You know, the, about Obama, the truth will out eventually. It will out. No matter the propaganda, no matter all this crap, revisionism, the truth about him and what he, what he did, and even about this, will, will come out eventually. I mean, do you think his saying it was cyber vandalism is because he knew in his mind it wasn't really North Korea? It's possible. I mean, you know, again. He would know more than us. Last week. The thing that I was emphasizing the most about Obama's press conference was that he seems to be using the Sony hack right. as pretext, a pretext yeah. to go ahead yep. and make some new legislation. He wants to try to get the Republicans on board. And that's why right. maybe he said this in the uh, name dictatorship. Of security. Yeah. Right. And now the words that it might not be, it might be some independent, you know, hacks. I mean, literally. And therefore, that doesn't seem as as much of a reason to take over the internet. I mean, if it's just some independent hacks, if it's a government, a dictatorship, that's something. 
sure, but he could still say, hey, sure, this is no, going to no, happen he'll by say anything. independent actors. And, I mean, yeah, I, and he yeah, emphasized yeah, that yeah, last week, too. You would think, from his mind, for the American people, yeah. uh, dictatorship or hackers, which one can you get away with taking over the government more? With a dictatorship. So that's why he said it, probably. The, the phrase that you have to be very afraid of is information sharing, and it is a phrase that he used twice in that press conference last week. Information, information sharing, sharing between the, quote, private and public sectors. And misinformation sharing. I mean, this that is 1984 speak. That is definitely... You brought up a Ebola. Just one, uh, one thing. I brought it up maybe weeks ago, but only one source has reported this. It was uh, Investors Business Daily about the uh, Islamic burial rituals blamed for spread of Ebola. That's what that was the cause of the of the recent spread. The way Muslims buried other Muslims, they left them out in the open. They got they got they washed their bodies when they had Ebola. They got infected. They infected others, and so on and so on. Thousands upon thousands of individuals, and uh, the media decided uh, let's not mention that fact. Let's just say it just struck. So that's just another thing, absolute propaganda for evil for Islam. That's all. Well, and the other thing is if you're going to try to be charitable and help someone, you would help someone who's sick through no fault of their own. But if you're actually doing these things to they make yourself They were told sick, not to do this. Right. They said, enough. You have to change your rituals. You have to. People are dying in the thousands. You have to change. And, of course, no. Why? Because the, the Islamic rituals. Allah. Death doesn't matter. No, life, it, life doesn't no matter. It's, it's, it's the afterlife. It's the afterlife. So... Yeah, so if we get back on this theme, this idea of being personally optimistic, not so much on a global theme, this is really what I'm kind of turning my focus to at least over the next year or so. And I think about the essay in Virtue of Selfishness by Ayn Rand where she says, you know, how do you lead a rational life in an irrational society? And in that article, she talks about one piece of the puzzle, which is never failing to pronounce judgment. And, of course, I mean, we do that here on a weekly basis, and everybody does that in their own speed and their own time. But, you know, we have to think about things like how much do you immerse yourself in this garbage? How much judgment? I mean, obviously, you're going to pronounce judgment on whatever, you know, comes your way to the extent that is appropriate. But... You know what? How much do you do? Then oh, how what, much do you immerse yourself and, in this? Right, and then and then what are the other components of living a rational life in an irrational society? You know, there's the issue of compromising in order to go about your day. Um, how much are you playing sanction of the victim, and what do you want to do to modify that? Um, and then there's just just general life hacking things, which I'm a little bit more attuned to right now. Um, I'm gonna I I'm gonna talk a little bit about it. I just got and a lot of people have gotten this diagnosis apparently. I think it's one in five in the population. But I got a diagnosis of Hashimoto's, which a lot of people have heard of. It's just basically your immune system is starting to attack your thyroid. And so in order in terms of just trying to keep your own health, these are things you have to think about doing. And the more that you immerse yourself in the negativity of the world, and there's a hell of a lot out there. If you want to consume it, you can consume it all day long, every single day. That just adds to the stress, which is one of the factors. So you have to think, and, you know, again, I I would urge anybody, go out there and get a full thyroid panel 
including the antibodies, which can show that you may have Hashimoto's as well. There's a lot of people out there who have it right now, leading high-stress lifestyles. And I would say in today's culture where a lot of people are just saying, meh, you know, that things are not so good and they're, you, you sort of kind of hunker down a little bit and try to figure out how you can make your own life better in the meantime. We all know, though, that if you're fighting for the future, you're living for it today. So it's not like you just disconnect completely, but you engage to the extent that you are able to do something positive against evil, against the enemies. And that's what you try to do. So when you do engage, you try to get the most out of it and make, you know, get the, have the most effect with it. So that's the sort of thing. Uh, the project that we keep talking about, the project, the project, I think it's one that is going to be very high leverage to use um, wow. kind of the the jargon that's out there. It's going to be very high leverage in terms of being able to, I think, help the culture and things like that. So I'm looking forward to immersing myself to a large extent in that in 2015. I've got other things on my plate. I mean, for me... I would say the first five months of 2015 are going to be a race for survival because I've got teaching and five different other things on my plate. And then after that, it starts to be more immersing myself in the things that I really love and we'll see how it goes on from there. But I'm, I'm excited about some things in terms of, you know, I'm optimistic about getting the Hashimoto's under control thanks to people like David Asprey. Is that how you pronounce his name? The bulletproof guy? The bulletproof guy was also diagnosed with Hashimoto's and he hacked his way out of it. He put it in, I think, what he calls remission. Uh, You know, basically, if you can get your immune system to stop attacking your thyroid, you're doing a good job. And and as far as I know, mine is not that bad a case, but I've, I'm still doing a lot. I mean, I just got the diagnosis this past week, so I'm doing research. Um, but, you know, just trying to improve your life the best that you can, get the most bang for the buck out of every day, and that's what we're all trying to do, and that's what we're going to try to do in 2015. But I, I think trying to come up with that balance, and this is something in any of the interviews or discussions that I have with the people that I admire over the next several months, I'm going to be asking them how they do this. In effect, how they live a rational life in an irrational society. And and not just the issue, we're all good at pronouncing judgment, I think. But it's, you know, choosing when to get yourself in a situation where you need to pronounce judgment and choosing, you know, how much of your life you spend on various activities. I, I think this is going to be something that I want to to hack into a lot more. Um, I'm looking forward to getting involved in some productivity increasing programs, and we'll talk more about that in future shows. I'm excited about partnering with some cool people on that. Um, And just really kind of gathering around the positive and, yes, making strides out there, but realizing that probably people who are listening to this right now most of our lives, we may not see a whole lot of change 
in the direction or the change that we're going to see is not going to be on the level of national politics. Let's put it right. that way, at least, right? <clears throat> that we can have maybe a lot of effect in the realms of education. We can have quite a bit of an effect in terms of culture, but on the realm of politics, which is something that we focus on a lot, and it's easy to focus on a lot, it might not be very uh, encouraging but, for quite a while. But it might. I'm, if, I'm looking if, for 2016, right? But, but I, I don't, I don't can, want to get my hopes up too much. No, but I don't Ted want to get my Cruz against Crispy and all the other you know, hacks, I think it could knock them down like, like uh, pinballs. I mean... What do you call that? Uh, what do you call that? Bowling ball with the pins, whatever. Um, I, I, I can see that happening. I can see him having a national platform and doing some damage. He hasn't had that yet. He's been marginalized. If he gets on a national platform and starts to whittle down, it's only it's, it, it becomes him and four and three other guys and two two guys him against someone else. I, I just don't see them surviving. He's too sharp. He's too committed. He's too patriotic. To let that pass. Let the let them on pass, and also defer to him the way the other guys two thousand eight deferred to uh, McCain. They all they all deferred to him. I I think I think you're right. I mean, to us it seems so obvious, but again, when I was in the little group, and I saw the way that these people who had the same attitude as we do about you know let's watch Team America and tell Kim Jong Un to go stay, they don't see Barack Obama yeah. is just. A little less bad <laughs> they than don't Kim Jong Un. Right? Well, the idiot James Franco, because yeah, the president, he thought Barack Obama had something to do with them releasing the movie. He was indifferent. He says, "Oh, Sony shouldn't have done that. You know, I got to go on vacation." That's all. But right. James Franco, the idiot, praised Obama because he's stupid. That's why, and he probably got retweeted like crazy about it. You know, right? Barack right. Obama could have given a rat's ass. He doesn't care. Doesn't no. care. No. Now, if it was. Uh, you, you think about this in all seriousness. If the interview was about uh, those two guys going going back in time and killing Muhammad, would Barack Obama have been that indifferent about it? Would he no, have been? No, no not he would have condemned it and said, "Well, you shouldn't have made it." You know. Uh, you know, Obama was so flippant, and I love. I mean, he was just you know kind of like and and. and let, let me see. Oh yeah, this is this is uh, the way Steve Simpson characterized Obama's press conference after the Sony thing. It was one he says As if he's not president almost. And so he said he says it's worth watching the video of the press conference to get a sense of just how detached and passive the president is on this issue. And he says it's as if he finds the entire thing boring. Give me a call and I'll offer a few banalities on the situation, but otherwise why is this my problem? I'm sure right. And that's basically an American company got attacked, Americans were threatened. American lives were threatened by bombs. Right. (laughs) That is your responsibility. Right. He's just disgusting. He really is. And then and then Simpson goes through a number of values that we as Americans hold that Obama seems not to hold at all. Freedom of speech, national security, American interests abroad, etc. And he says, you know, Obama, of course, is not the first president to fail to defend these values. The first, uh, you know... America, who, yeah, President Rushdie under President yep. Bush, Rushdie, yep. uh, Danish cartoon crisis under the other Bush, and who knows, we might get a third Bush, you know, yeah. who can also no, fail no. to this. It's not going to happen. I mean, it's not going to happen. This is the time for extremes. Yeah. The the left got their hardcore leftist. It's time for the right to get their right winger. Right. It's time. This is just the nature of things. I mean, I think this is what happens when you get. 
a Jimmy Carter, you get a Ronald Reagan. You get eight years of, of Obama, you need someone that's the anti-Obama by, by nature. We need it. But will we get it? Because last time there was enough of American sense of life for yeah. Reagan to appeal, and this is what that was after four years. Clearly, we we're so deep that we needed eight years of Obama to come to that point. Okay, I mean cl- clearly that's what happened. That's the only reason, you know, difference here. But again, anything goes right now. I think any a- anything goes. I, I think you can get a Tea Partier to win, despite the Republicans. Despite nobody voted for Republicans this time, they voted against Obama. Republicans said, oh, perfect. We had no agenda. We'll just completely keep going, and we'll pretend 2016 will run on nothing, again, except for Ted Cruz. That's why a Jeb Bush will run on nothing. A Chris Christie will run on nothing. Status quo, status quo, status quo. You lose well, here, in a here's, presidential. Here's another thing, though, right? And I'm, you know, I was going to say I'm playing devil's advocate, but I'm not Freedom playing. Breeze, I hope I'm right, too. But I'm just, I'm at the point now where we, I mean, you get a Barack Obama, a fundamental anti-American. You need a pro-American. You do. And Chris Christie is not. Jeb Bush is not. These guys are Washington, pro-Washington, period. They're statists. You need a patriot. You need the anti-Obama. And they're the only guy. And notice about all these other guys for the last few months, right? They, uh, they won. Ted Cruz started making noise as a, a, a center-elect. He started making noise then. Have you heard any noise from the old guys, from the from the incoming uh, senators? Right. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing worth noting. Nothing to say. Uh, uh, uh. They're, well, they're going to be and, the, the the new Ted Cruz's. And and here's the thing. I'm, I'm I'm not playing devil's advocate, but you know, and and I've said in the past. I said the value of devil's advocates, you know, is <laughs> is reduced as the number <laughs> of right. actual devils out exists, there is yeah. increasing. Right. Um. But. Here's the thing. So Ted Cruz is one of the best. And There's no doubt about it. I agree with Jerome Brook that one of the best answers to Obama's immigration, you know, his illegal grab, yeah. power grab with respect to immigration, would be a solid piece of immigration legislation proposed by Ted Cruz. Why doesn't he... And, you know, because they always talk about, well, is is you know, is Republican Party really the obstructionist? I'm not sure party? he said about Ted Cruz. I think he said the GOP at large. Well, the GOP, but why can't Ted Cruz help spearhead a rational piece of immigration legislation to answer Obama with? Right? You know, you don't want Obama to use executive order to open the border, so to speak. Then why not write? A good piece of immigration reform legislation, which I think Ted Cruz That's would be fine, capable of doing. Concrete response to that, but in terms of fighting this, everyone has embraced it, accepted it. The, well, the, right. the GOP has but, embraced what Obama did. But they don't care. Right. They like what he did, and they accept it. So what I'm saying is, if a Ted Cruz is against it, I guess yeah, he should have. But there's a lot, a lot of other right, things. Right. Because on. I mean, here's the thing: like with Obamacare. The real answer is to repeal that thing yeah. entirely, every Completely. single word. So if all you're going to do is oppose Obamacare, you know, the, the, there, again, there are the repeal and replace yeah. Republicans, well, and that's a bunch of garbage. Absolutely. Everyone knows that. Um, but, but unless what you're talking who about. Who speaks of repeal? Who? Rand Paul? No, Marco no, Rubio? No, no, of course. Chris of course, Christie? Of course, Jeb Bush? None of them. But, but what I'm saying is that on so many other issues, like, for instance, immigration, the answer would be to propose a piece of legislation. And you could even propose, you could say, okay, repeal and replace, and what you would replace 
Obamacare with is a series of free market reforms of the healthcare system. Okay, great. Um, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, well, that's not really a replacement for Obamacare because it's not doing all the altruistic things that Obamacare yeah. wanted to do. But still, you would be proposing an alternative and then you could argue for it and whatever. And there is something to say about that. Um, we do laugh, you know, when people say, oh, the Republicans have been so obstructionist of Obama's agenda. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the party of no. And we, all, we only wish they were the party yeah, of no we more. Hope. But what is, not. what is true is they have failed to put forth alternative pieces of, of legislation, you know, again, even if the piece of legislation is something that merely just undoes all the evils, it would still be something that they're putting forth, you know, this is our solution and here's why, and arguing for it, you know, again, what did they do in 2014? They ran on nothing. Nothing. Zero. Nothing. Well, they ran on nothing Some of them ran and, on repealing Obamacare well, yeah, well, and blocking amnesty. Well, no, but that was nothing because they didn't mean it. Right. At all. Uh, Bishop McConnell had an uh, ad in October, repeal Obamacare. He had some constituent talking out there, and it was an absolute lie. It just wasn't true. Yeah, see, uh, Freedom Breeze here in the chat room, she says, the the enemy will be apathy. Let's hope many people get really passionate and angry. Well, the and only yeah. way that's going to happen is if a Ted Cruz goes, goes out there and has a chance and, and, and has a shot. I'm talking I'm, in terms of right. politics. The that's only the, that's reason. That's the only way it could possibly the only, happen. Because Jeb Bush, it's over before it begins. Who would even watch those debates? Right, but here, you get Ty Cruz, it'll, it'll be interesting. Here, here's the thing, you know. So again, what you're doing is is you're relying on the American sense of life to say, okay, we could elect another Reagan now. But the American sense of life, I think, has eroded quite a bit since 1979. It has, and 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 what I'm saying is, no one understands. No one has seen that in decades. And we've seen Obama. We've seen the other side, and that is unacceptable. He was repudiated in 2014. He, it wasn't a pro-Republicans. It was against Obama. It was the anti-Obama vote through and through. And that's why I think uh, Hillary does, doesn't have a shot. You know, I think uh, Warren is a little more extreme than, than 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 Hillary, which she probably is more fitting for for the Democrats, as as we talked about on the show. Well, right, and I think she is potentially going to have a lot of appeal if she portrays her message properly. You know she's running. You know why? She says she, she's not running. She, no, she said, I am not running. That's when you know a politician uh, has just ran, uh, made it official. That's how you know it's official. It's true. It's like Obama. When when the, when his government says it's North Korea, you got to say, uh-oh, uh-oh. It's probably not North Korea because he said it was. That's what these are. I mean, one thing about the left, they're they're liars. They're just <laughs> inherent. They, they lie. They have right. to lie. And uh, again, 2016, you put, you know, they can't deny Ted Cruz of being part of that group that wants to run. They can't deny that. They will try to do everything they can to diminish him in some way. But he's smarter than all of them. I mean, he is. He's smarter than Christie and Jeb Bush and the other guys. You know, right, right. Rand Paul is just is, is a is and, a clown. He's becoming yeah, an absolute clown. Yeah, and se- several minutes ago when we were talking about Ted Cruz and him going up against some of these other guys, the thought that came to my mind is this is what the debate would look like between Ted Cruz and some of these other Republican candidates. He would say something intelligent, yeah. and they would try to laugh and sneer at him. Pure argument no, from they will. pure argument from intimidation <laughs> no is about it. all that they would have. But one thing I and, about- and, and here's the problem. 
the problem is is that a lot of people would side with the sneering and the jeering and the laughing but at one Ted thing, Cruz. But one thing about Ted Cruz, he goes out there, he goes on CNN, he goes on the old channels, right, CNBC and the old ones. They tell him, uh, the guys have called you extremists and you know even terrorists, and he chuckles. He has a good nature about him. And Reagan, in that sense, where he could because he knows that's not true, it's absolute BS, and he'll just return and he'll stay focused. He will always stay on point, even in interviews. Right. He'll keep turning it back on point. He's not going to go after McConnell or the other guys. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, just stay on point. And I think he'll have a, a return for these guys. I mean, what's the name? Krispy uh, Kreme will try. You know, Eater Eating will try to intimidate and bluster. And that's, that's his thing. Shut up. You know, he'll probably tell Cruz, shut up, you. Shut up and sit down. That's, that's, that's not going to fly in I a just, presidential debate. I just want Ted Cruz to do a lot of the, the life hacking stuff between now and 2016. <laughs> so he is at the very top of his game in those debates. I want him to just wash the floor with all these people. And also, just start and, work out a little more. I mean, suppose the words he's working out a little. You got it. You can't have that kind of you know double chin. He should use you know the, I mean? uh, the the billboards of him <laughs> in Los Angeles right. as an aspiration. You know, no, no, He should put that as, as a goal. As his like, bathroom mirror. Yes. No, put that. You know I mean, cut out the face, look in the mirror. You know, just say, okay, that's me. That's me. You only need the tattoos, Ted, but you know, work out a little, get in fighting shape. This is going to be a battle. You know, and this is the thing. It won't be easy. But I think he can pull it off. It won't be easy, though. You got guys gunning for him now. Right. You got guys gunning for him. They're so scared of him, they won't even mention him in a whole list of people. No. Uh, no. Rubio, uh, Jeb Bush, Christie. They don't even mention Ted Cruz. That's how terrified they are. Because they know it's like, they have to believe this guy doesn't have a shot. He doesn't have a shot. And again, this is me speaking. Um, we don't agree with him in many things. and Well, in some things. He's a, he's a patriot. He's a patriot. He's been made better by reading Ayn Rand. We know that. He has fought to try to bring this, make this government a little more reasonable, a little more rational. He has said all the right things against Obama and, and the enemies of, the, of this country, whether they be in the Republican Party or the Democrat Party. He said all the right things for Israel against the enemies. He's never, ever talked up Islam, ever. He knows that Obamacare has to be wiped off the face of the earth. He knows that. Nobody else comes to that level. Uh, Rand Paul is a clown. He's an absolute clown. Comes out there. He agrees with Obama about the Cuba. He why he calls uh, and you know Marco Rubio finally woke up and showed that he's a little more decent than than he's been last years. This is a very personal issue with him. And if you know it's if it's not personal, I guess he's not going to show his passion. But it's personal. His family comes from Cuba. And he knows his stuff about it. He was excellent. He was on Mark Levin recently. He was excellent about it. And that's, you know, he gives you a little sign that, yeah, he's better, he's better than Rand Paul. You know, that, that's what he showed this, this past week. But that's about it. Could you do a Cruz Rubio ticket or a Rubio Cruz ticket? I don't know. Double Latino, right? It's like, you know, <laughs> let's, get the, let's get every Latino, you know? No, but Republicans are stupid. They want the Latino vote, Latino vote. Get get two Latinos in there. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I don't know. We'll see. But, I mean, you know the overall point. The overall point is we have what I deem to be a long shot. No doubt about it. For 2016. I, I, I agree with that. Okay, you agree a long shot. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is if it's, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen now, post-Obama. Right. He is so evil. He's so destructive, so nihilistic. Next two years, 
massive damage, far more than they've done so far, there'll be a desire to say we need a 180. I mean, that's it. We need the anti-Obama. And I think that's true among some people, but I think will it's it be true. true among enough people? I think so. Because again, again it wasn't just Republicans who voted for the Republican Party this this uh, 2014. It wasn't. It was Americans getting together to say, this is this is unacceptable. This is intolerable. But see, I don't think that that's really true because I think what happened is most Democrats stayed home. And there was a pitifully low voter turnout, and the only people who were motivated enough to get to the polls... The Reagan Democrats, I think, did come out. I think they did. I think this, the, if, there's still, if there's still a vestige of you know, rationality among them, I think they came out to say, this Obama has been horrific. Anyone, any Democrat who could vote for Reagan despises Obama. And I think some of the generation is still but alive. See, when you, well, some of them are still alive, but I'm just saying the Reagan Democrats are getting fewer. Anyway, we're going to see. And, and so my overall point is to say, look, we have a long shot for 2016 on the national political scene. No doubt. If he does win, he's going to have a hell of a lot to clean up. And, and he'll be enemy number one of both parties. Right. And the media. So, But Reagan was as well. You know, all bets are that at least for the next two years and maybe for the foreseeable future, we are going to be dealing, you know, groping with this issue of how to live a rational life in an irrational society, how to take charge of our own health and health care to a much larger extent. And that's particularly true, I'm learning, with this Hashimoto's things because as far as I can tell... um, I mean, I've only spoken to one doctor so far, but I don't think that the doctor that I went to has knows the whole story about it. And I'm having to read a book and, you know, try to figure out exactly what needs to be done for myself, which is kind of scary. Um, we've got these things to worry about for ourselves and, and just try to make the best life that we can while still fighting for the future and realizing that, we aren't necessarily hoping to see big changes, especially on the national political scene, particularly on the national political scene, within even the next 10 years, maybe not even within the next 20. I, I still think Obama will make uh, Ted Cruz far more attractive month after oh, no, month I, after I, month. I think, no, in, so. within the next two years. And if you get a Ted Cruz in there, the possibility that someone that is unelectable, that's impossible to win, to win change can happen from that. People say, wait a minute, this was possible? It was impossible a, a couple of years ago. Now it's possible. You know, Obama makes Ted Cruz possible. That's the way I see it. Obama okay. makes Ted Cruz so, possible. So I'm being too negative. No, okay. no, 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 no. I understand people saying, oh, Ted Cruz, you know, you think about maybe even a, a, a more acceptable one like uh, uh, Walker. You know what I mean? Walker has no charisma. Walker has, I, I've seen him in interviews. He might be a good governor, a good manager. That's fine. We need a fire-breathing patriot. I mean, we need a hardcore guy who knows what to do and who knows how to go about it, and also gets you know gets him backup. I mean, Ted Cruz. Whatever you know, people said he only got twenty-two. He got twenty-two behind him. That's good. Yes. That's a good thing. He got twenty-two individuals to go against all you know to go against the grain of the uh, of the Democrats and, and and Republicans. That's damn good. Imagine him with full power. Who knows? Who knows what we could do? And we are in a, no doubt more dire position than we were under Reagan, 100%. We, you know, we know that. But that's why we need Ted Cruz. The country needs to heal itself. 
from Obama. It can't go on like this. I mean, it, it, it's almost like a like the nature of things. When you get too sick, you need some damn medicine. And uh, I think Ted Cruz, ultimately, politically speaking, will be that. Well, here's here's one possibility. One possibility is that while people are not eager to criticize Obama because they don't want to be racist. <laughs> That's right. Um, but look, they, they, they look, if they if, if, eager yeah, but if, to elect an anti-Obama <laughs> That's right. in the 2016 election. But if, so every maybe, time every time right? they criticize Cruz, you say, oh, 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 oh. Yes, yeah, what are you racist? <laughs> you mean go out there? Um, imagine that. He, he, he'd never use that. You know, it's all about content with him. With Obama, it's all about uh, skin color. Disgusting. No. You know, one one thing, and this brought the the issue of racism was brought up quite a bit on <sighs> the ABC year end review yeah. stuff that I was watching. And another thing that I want to criticize ABC for was when they were having people come in and do the zinging one sentence commentary on each issue. It was some two bad comedians. Comedian. Bad comedians. Unfunny comedians. Unfunny. Why are they having comedians? And it was always at the expense of Republicans, never at the expense of Obama. I mean, how biased. How absolute biased. Well, and why are they having these I don't guys know why. deliver the political commentary? I don't I don't know. Um, it's an entertainment show, I guess, even though it says ABC News. It's an ABC News app, right? ABC News. There, there is no news today, though. I mean, there isn't. Even Fox News at times gets, you know, viewers, tours, Entertainment. You got the idiot um, Shepard Smith going out there and saying, "Are we going to ruin Cuba by like bringing businesses and McDonald's and right. stuff? We're going to ruin Cuba. Ruin Cuba. Ruin Cuba. <laughs> this is no joke. He said that. That's how stupid he is. You know, one thing I wanted to ask Robert NYC if he's still hanging oh, out there here, John. in the chat room. Yeah, and thanks to uh, John Newham has joined us here in the chat room. Welcome, welcome. Robert NYC, I was going to ask you, this NYPD, the two cops being brutally, horribly Butchered. murdered, and then the fallout with de Blasio mm-hmm. and a lot of the police turning on de Blasio, and then the protests on both sides that have been going on, what is your sense as a New Yorker, Robert, about the sense of life as it exists in New York City. I mean, New York City is one of the most, if it's probably the most important city. It's the greatest city in the world, despite de Blasio, despite everything. It is. And uh, they, de Blasio wants to make that not so. I mean, Obama wants to make the country not the greatest country in the history of the world. These are bad guys. But um, I just think about this quote-unquote movement that's been, you know, since when, I mean, when... Are we supposed to respect the movement based on skin color? The KKK was based on skin color. Black Lives Matter, what the hell, what the, whatever that means. What, what is a black life as opposed to a white life? I mean, think about that. If you really think about that, black life, right? it's black skin color is what it is. And that's what it should be called, if, if, if they're honest. Black skin matters. That's the name of their group. No, I know. But yeah, if Robert, by the way, yeah the, Robert's going to call in. That's great. By the way, wanna, by the, way the fact that the guy was a Muslim left the news headlines like I mean, from day one. Isn't it true that Gutfeld yes, even left he it re- out? He referred to him in his in his original name, in his non-Muslim name. I think who brought it up? Someone, someone brought it up. That's pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. And my cousin brought it up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Wow. I mean, because he's 
done a lot of good commentary, a lot of good yes. fighting commentary. She says something else, you'll do really good. The Muslim's name. He says something about uh, uh, Obama is acting like the quarterback who doesn't get have sex with every cheerleader about Fox News. That's how he looks at Fox News. Like, <laughs> you know, you won't have sex with me. Every every channel has sex with me. You know. Oh, that's really bad. That's really bad. Let me get Robert and oh, he just hung up. I don't know what happened. No, no, no. get back to the old screen. No, no, no. But I just tried to pick oh. up Robert's call and I see. Yeah. Hopefully you'll call back in, Robert. That would be great to talk to you about the blog yeah. now. But um, I know that Gutfeld was very effective. I mean, as a New Yorker. Oh, no doubt. He was uh, by everything that was. She, going she on. was spending time with cops. He was talking to them. I like, I like that the cops got together and said, "F you, De Blasio," and they came out and said, "We turn our backs on him after he turned his back on us." This wasn't just out of the blue. Nope. We didn't do, do that for the hell of it. He turned his back on us. Okay, I think we got Robert now. We had lost him there for a second. Here we go. Robert, can you hear me? Yes, hi, Amy. Hi, Bosch. Hey, Robert. Hi, thanks for calling in. Yeah, so sorry to put you on the spot, but this is something I was really wondering. What is your sense as a New Yorker kind of following this issue from actually being in Mm -hmm. New York about how the American sense of life is faring there? I mean, you know, again, I, I saw some good signs and I saw some bad signs just from headlines and little bits of news stories that I saw. What's your perspective? Yeah, mine is is that this is uh it's not good. You know, it's it's not good that uh basically the leftists are getting what they want, which is dead cops. Uh every yes. you know, every um uh you know, the universities were backing up these protests, you know, Columbia wasn't even allowing uh exams to go on. And uh, all the they, they really did. They they stopped it. they stopped their exams. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And um, it's also sorry. And it's, these were these were lawyers. These are future cops, lawyers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right, Bosch. These yeah. are future lawyers too, who who were supposed to be taking these these tests. So it's it's just it's it's really bad. But the sense of life aspect is it's still there to the extent that. New York, sadly, is very, you know, it's just very leftist. And uh, when people feel the threat, you know, they everyone hates the cops until they, until they need them, you know. And, and now um, uh, this reminds me, I mean, it's a, it's a higher it's a higher scale, obviously, when you have the mayor doing something like this. But um, when um, uh, probably like, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, when Bruce Springsteen had that song about the uh, the cops that shot yeah. the unarmed guy, uh, he performed the song at uh, at Shea Stadium, and the cops did not escort him out. Uh, they didn't escort him out out of, out of the uh, the stadium area, and he dropped the song from his set list after that. You know, hmm. like he he got wow. he, he got the power of the police. He got yes. it quick. You know, he he got it. So you don't really want to have them publicly. Uh, not on your side, yep. and I think De Blasio. Uh, the only the, the good thing in all this is he's just showing himself, kind of, kind of, kind of like Obama as well, that he's just so inexperienced, so in over his head. Uh, so many people regret, you know, voting for him now that that I, you know, I could have predicted all this just as I could have predicted all of Obama, Obama's uh, disasters, yeah. but. I, I, you know, my my take is that 
eventually this this will not uh, oh, oh just one other thing Bosch, you're right I, I i i am really aware that no one is naming this guy as a muslim you know yeah. which, which really bothers me because they're just as much as possible trying to sweep under the rug any any Absolutely. association with muslim terrorists in new york city Yep. And that's that's all it's doing is just setting you know setting up for it's 1993 all over again you know that they they, yep. they tried to bomb you know they did bomb right. the World Trade Center and everyone just the yawned yep. and then they ca- yeah and then they came came back uh, and uh, if if I'm not mistaken Clinton was Clinton was in New Jersey he didn't he didn't even visit New York for that bomb no he didn't he didn't which is yeah sick. yeah. And, and, and frankly, I don't even know if there was a Republican if he would have done it either because right. it just right. it wasn't you know if it was George Herbert Walker Bush I don't think he would have done anything either. No, I, I don't think so. Either. Um, because it's just not you know no one takes ser- terrorism seriously you know no. and and uh, but yeah but especially uh, the Democrats take it far less seriously because one thing also sorry sadly, Robert one thing also. I heard that uh, a lot. Of, there was a communist movement against uh, behind this also who want who wanted dead cops for decades, and they're yeah. also behind this. So it's like Muslims that, uh, and communists. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And but then you add in the the whole rapper, you know, culture oh, yeah. that you know with songs about dead cops. I mean, it's nihilist. Yeah. It, you know, it's complete nihilism, and they yeah. finally got what they want. The weird thing is that. You know, it was two. It was two minorities. Right. I'm, I'm yes. sorry to actually laugh. It's yes. a no, very you're serious right. topic here. It was Asian but and it was a you'd think guy. that they would go into a a you know an Upper East Side neighborhood that Absolutely. that uh, you know some some place that is very high you know high, high income and yeah. and you know and plant and plant it that way. So there's no logic there. This guy was a known no. you know he he was a known. Uh, uh, criminal anyway, and yes. he was part um, of the. Uh, but the I'm not brother. hearing about marches right now. You know, you ask me, right. I'm not hearing anyone go, going out. And but a couple of professors, uh, I think, you know, did say that. But they're always leading. You know, I read, yeah. I read something somewhere that a professor, not even, not even in New York, said, you know, it's good, good that they're, they're that they're dead cops. And and. Uh, um, no, um, I mean, I, I, well, I, I mean, sorry, I just find it hard to believe these guys actually utter these things. I really, really do. It's just mm-hmm. it's just flat out evil. You know, yeah. um listening to both of you now, I'm starting to think of one more reason to be optimistic that the country might want an anti Obama in two thousand sixteen. Mm-hmm. And that's that Obama and any of his ilk like de Blasio, right. they are making us less secure. No doubt. And if oh, people yeah. really feel it in terms of security they mm-hmm. don't are not going to like it. I mean, this is this is something that might actually. So when we had, you know, the Iran hostage situation, that was one of the huge reasons that we were glad to have That's right. a Reagan That's coming right. in office, yep. right? Because he was going to take care of it. And and I don't want us to be in that kind of a situation. I think also. But I mean, almost. I mean, we're, do you do you feel any? I feel yeah. I would say less safe than we did in. One in thing, 79. sorry. The enemy has a two-year window to attack us while we have a, a weakling in the, in the White House before a, a likely Republican comes in. They have two, two, and Obama. You know the reason why he ha- he has protected us from getting hit from the because it's bad for his presidency. I mean that it is it, as calculated as that. Right. Uh, it's it's bad for for a presidency to have a, a, a terrorist attack. So they'll do that to some extent, but they will prop up the enemy. They will you know praise Islam and all that crap. 
But the enemy has two years to attack us. Can they get through? I don't know. We'll see. Because they might be anticipating also a Republican president. And they know that that Republican probably will react. Unlike uh, just like in 1979, when when just like Bush yeah. in 1979, when the yeah. Iranians actually waited until Reagan, yes. you know, they did everything under the sun under uh, against Carter because oh. they knew he was yep. a wimp. And as soon as Reagan got elected, you yep. know, right before the inaugurations, when they turned over the hostages because they knew That's that right. they were in trouble. Well, That's right. they should have been in bigger trouble than they actually ever were. They but really, yes, um, yes. Um, I mean, Reagan should have really hit the hard, but yeah. Yeah, he should, he should have. He should have. And actually, Ayn Rand said that. Ayn Rand said that back in yeah. 1979, that, that without swift and, and disproportionate uh, exactly. response, America will <laughs> right. pay for this for decades. Absolutely. And here we are. Right. You know, we how are prophetic is, is she? Yep. Yeah, yeah. But, but Amy, I think your other, your other point, uh, which, which I agree with, I think, and I, I think I spoke about this on, um, uh, some time ago on, on this program, Bosch was here when David Dinkins was the mayor, and it was we had wolf packs, we had crime was just rampant, it was just and it led right. to Giuliani, who right. despite yeah. uh, I, I despise what he did uh, to Ivan Bolsky and Michael Milken, right. but at least on the on the on the uh, stopping crime, uh, you know he just he just made that complete. Uh, complete turnaround, and he's been an outspoken voice. You know, I don't know how much power he has anymore, but he's been yep. outspoken against De Blasio uh, in, in this. Um, I'm even hearing rumblings that he might, that De Blasio might resign. I, I don't know how true that is, but wow. I wouldn't have thought that was even a possibility. You know, I mean, That'll that's how great. you know, but I mean, that's how bad thing, and like, incompetent. You would you would think that if you've lost the police in your own city. Yep. That you are <laughs> right. pathetic and you that you're lame be duck. There. <laughs> you're already lame duck, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, but that's common sense. That's that's common sense would tell you that, Amy. But mm. we're talking about men between Obama and De Blasio, both completely educated, who completely endorse Marxism from A through Z, and they're just pragmatists, yep. kind of cashing in on these. Both, both of them backed their way into uh, elections. I mean, I've said a million times, Wiener would have been the mayor if he didn't get exposed for a second time after right. leftist uh, Democrats, <laughs> you know, already were planning to vote for him, you know, six months prior to, to the election. So, I mean, that's how bad, you know, the voting public here is here in New York, which which is right. certainly scary. But the the other, you know, besides being completely, thoroughly trained Marxists, they just don't know anything about practical, you know, daily reality, and and they're just, you know, they're just uh, coddled so much that when when something serious happens, they don't know how to react, and the American public, uh, at least a portion of the American public, sees that and, and wants some kind of uh, some kind of response, some kind of manly response, uh, which they don't, you know, uh, sadly they don't get. No, and and, and the question will be: Is this going to be enough? To spur the American public to want the alternative, you yeah. know the. Uh, I hope the, so. I mean, that's your theme tonight, and I'm really I'm liking everything the two of you are saying is making sense. That I I am actually more excited than I than I've been in the past because I just think it's a crap. It's a complete hail mary pass. The the thought of Cruz in 2016, and I I would say 
if he runs, he will win. I don't care who it's against. If he runs, he will win. But I just don't see him. As we stand today, I don't see him getting past the Republican, you know, primaries because the, the right wing media and all the and the established Republicans, as well as the the leftists, uh, you know, everyone's scared of him. And for the right reasons, they're all scared of him because he wants fundamental change uh, in, in the sense of putting the government back in its, you know, we're, in its proper um, uh, place. We're not we're not old enough, you know, to compare what it was that Reagan was up against when he was trying to run. And it might, you know, Reagan tried multiple times, if I recall correctly. So it might yeah, be the oddly case. Yeah, enough. Yeah, it might be the case I, that 2016 I, is too soon for Cruz. Unfortunately, that's possible. What Reagan did, and Ayn Rand, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say we need him now, but we may not be able to get him in 2016. Go on. Yeah, yeah, but actually, what Reagan did, uh, he split the Republican Party, and Ayn Rand was very, you know, she was outspoken against this, that uh, because she preferred uh, Ford, and when he lost, he he was kind of a reason Ford lost in, in 1976. And I think it was one of the questions and answers I heard on on you know one of one of the uh, courses where she said you know she was very much uh, you know against uh, against Reagan for for reasons that we know and and I think you know in in several senses she was mistaken uh, the only the one major sense I think she was right uh, about criticizing Reagan is unfortunately before he came in the the uh, uh, the Christian coalition was a dead. Yeah. Christians and, and Republicans were dead. They were completely separate. And he, unfortunately, you know, is uh, the major, you know, the major factor in getting, bring, raising them from the dead, like Lazarus, frankly. So, um, uh, but I, I, I know that Ayn Rand commented on that, and so he split the party to set himself up to win. He split the party seventy six to set himself up. To win in in eighty, which is uh, you know, which is what he what he did. But his personality was a big part of that. His message was a big part of that. And Ford, you know, I blame Saturday Night Live for Ford losing, frankly, because all every falling, night falling, Chevy falling. Chase was falling. Yeah, it was yeah. falling, and the American public just saw that and thought this guy was a doof. And and yep. and you know, and and plus, that's, plus he wasn't you know, great anyway. Ford wasn't great anyway. I mean, he was he was one of those guys. He wasn't guys great, but I'll tell you, boss, he did along. one he did one thing. The Americans got attacked in this tin pot dictatorship, you know, uh, waters, and he responded immediately. I mean, it was a small thing, but he responded immediately. I wish you knew the, uh, say again? Well, uh, no, I, I, as an American president, all too. And that's what I'm saying. We, you know, we would say that's yeah. great. That's what he's supposed to do. And we, you know, but, we take those things that they're supposed to do and, and they explode them because, in general, he was a really, he was like a like a George Bush type guy. I mean, he was. He was part of the establishment in the in the worst sense. And Reagan, you know, they blame Reagan for you know uh, you know what's the the Eleventh Commandment? Don't uh, do not judge a Republican or do not criticize. What what's the one thing that they said about Reagan that you shouldn't do that? That that was Reagan's line. Reagan, in a, in a lot of ways, challenged a, a sitting president. You know, he he challenged him as he was president, and which is a rare thing to do. So in in, in, a, in a huge sense, he did criticize him. He did criticize mm-hmm. him, and he was weak. And uh, mm-hmm. on his own, on his on his own, you know, people yeah. like to blame Reagan for that. On his own, he he couldn't be Carter, and he and he didn't. Right, right, yeah, yeah. It's odd because Ford, in American history, he's the only president who was never elected. 
he right. <laughs> he actually you know got in as as uh, right. you know Nixon being and impeached, and then when he ran, he yeah he he didn't get uh, he didn't get elected. So it's kind of his uh, his she, legacy. She fell into it, you know. He just fell into it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You know, he, he so up. so yeah, so that's <laughs> that's my that's certainly my comments. But I I like you know I like the direction you two are talking about as far as you know the upcoming year and. Yeah. Um, as much as I said earlier, as much as I think Cruz is really, really a long shot, this just maybe seeing the low, you know, you need that lowest low before yeah. you turn it around and, and, right. and, uh, you know, some York, kind of high. What did they say about New York in the seventies, eighties? What, what was the term that they used? It's like unfixable or I forgot what, what term they used. Basically yeah. it is, it's over. There's no chance. Yeah, actually, that was another thing about Ford. Oddly enough, I, I remember this headline, Ford to City, drop dead, because New York was bankrupt for, from all the social welfare programs, <laughs> and they wanted they ran to to, uh, to, to Ford, and he's like, I'm not going to bail you guys out, which was the proper thing to do. Absolutely right. But then Jimmy Carter said, I remember seeing to, you know uh, Subway ads, I will never tell the greatest city in the world to drop dead. So it was the media <laughs> completely taking this oh, thing yeah. out of hand. But, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad in the in this, uh and then, and then Stinkin' Dinkins came in, and he was pathetic, yeah. disgusting. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, he, he was. Just, he was yeah. It was Giul- yeah, Giuliani's so that's my... reign. Sorry, it was Giuliani's that's... reign, which actually uh, Dennis Miller saw firsthand and said, something's going on here. Something, yeah. you know, and that's when he started thinking, that's when he started moving right. And that's why he calls himself today an objectivist, even though he's not. He says, I'm objectivist, Republican, libertarian, whatever that means. But, right. you know, he's right in most of the things, so that's pretty cool. Go yeah. Ahead, go ahead, well, you couldn't yeah, go sorry. into any of the. Po- I cut you off. Sorry. <laughs> go ahead, Amy. I'm sorry. No, no. You had a thought. I wanted to hear what it was. The Bosch cut off. <laughs> oh. I. Yeah. I well, you I was. Too. I was just. I was. Yeah. I was just going to say that. Uh, that I. I. I think you know history is repeating itself there with you know going from the lowest low to to the yeah. to the highest high and I just like you know I'm encouraged by tonight's by tonight's episode because cool. again I, I just didn't think I didn't think uh, right, it's going to take a lot my, my, right. my pessimistic spin on that is that yeah you can go from the lowest low to the highest high so long as there is enough of the American sense of life well, to have yeah. that highest high appeal yeah. back again well, look, because, the because, reaction to Sony the, also with a movie I mean that, no, but that was something across country okay Americans it was across saying, the country but again if if the little microcosm of the Facebook event that I put together is any, you know, example, the people mm-hmm. who, you know, were, you know, kind of attracted to the message of, yeah, let's watch Team America on Christmas Day. We're not going to let this dictator tell us what to do. That's a spirit, right? yeah. That, it's a great spirit. But it went only so far. Sure. And when, uh. when Obama was clearly wrong on issues related to something that they supposedly agreed with us on, oh, no, don't criticize Obama. Oh, no, don't criticize Obama. And I think that's a bad sign about you know, how far... The fact that he's president is a terrible sign. That's what we're talking about. That's the whole point here. I know, I know. But, but you would think that something like Obama's mishandling of this issue, which is something that they were getting worked up about would be a sign to them that they want something different than Obama. 
and I just I just didn't see it yet. But again, it well, might it might he's got it two might years be, to change might, those minds. Right, right. He has two years, and he right. will some of them at least. But it, but it might be that they don't want to criticize Obama, and yet yeah, they will be ready to vote for an anti-Obama. They just don't want to talk about how bad Obama is. Okay, that's I guess that's fine. Yeah, you know I, I would rather there's something there. No, there's something there the because. I think a lot of people are so reluctant to say anything bad about Obama, but there's a growing wave against Obama. Whether we hear mm-hmm. it individually, whether people go out and publicly, you know, whether influential people, there is a wave. It is absolutely When Saturday wave. Night Live is doing skits about exactly. after, after six years as the president, they're finally yes. doing skits, making fun Good of him. Skits. The tide Good has skits. turned. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, that skit with the uh, bill and the executive order, that was really good. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. made the air, and it was spread out on, uh, on, on the Internet. I mean, it went, it went viral, and they even showed it on the uh, ABC thing. That's good. That's a great yeah. sign. That means that they cannot help but say this. They even say, this is too much. This is ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the, the, is... the other point there, uh, uh, Amy, that, that you raised, I'm thinking of a couple of years ago, Ed, Ed, Edward Asner, who's his left – Wing, oh, yeah. act, you know anybody in yes, hot, yes, whoever yes, yes, whoever yes. even knows about him. He said he didn't like some things uh, Obama did, and he was afraid to criticize him because he'd be called a racist. You know, I yep. mean, it's just when you have the left, you know, yep. which is steeped in using that tactic, afraid that it'll backfire on them. That's that's kind of a scary uh, sign yes, as well. And I also liked the fact that George Clooney came out in a way where, as far as I can tell. To the extent that Obama said anything about the Sony deal, it was because of mm-hmm. Clooney. And he had prepared everything sort of in a reluctant response to Clooney sort of putting pressure on him and stuff. And remember, mm-hmm. he, Obama was pretty incoherent in parts of what he said last week. Well, he didn't week. believe what he said. He just said things yeah. that, well, i got to say something, right? <laughs> right, you know. right. But, I mean, he just said what the teleprompter told him to say. Absolutely. I would I would say Clooney is implicitly criticizing Obama as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, he is. No doubt. Yeah, I'm not crazy about Clooney, but he was the only guy in Hollywood that actually did go out there and speak on principle and free speech. And no one's going to tell us. He goes, uh, he goes, uh, Kim Effin Jun Il, whatever, is is going to tell us what to watch. And he got he got trashed by a big Hollywood by John Nolte, you know. And that's just to me, mm-hmm. that's just pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. You know, the one decent thing that that Clooney has done get get trashed about on a on, on the conservative website is lame. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So we've we've actually made you more optimistic this evening, Robert. How is that? Yeah, you actually have. You actually have. And I don't know if you saw in in the chat room. I typed in my one of my requests is is to have a. a P.O.S. free episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> where, where you just don't even mention the guy's name. You just you know, go two I, hours, know what, Robert, and the I John Allison say, interview I, doesn't count. Yes, I've been thinking about that actually, and I don't know if it's possible. I mean, I just we would have to really force the issue, and you know, but it's something to maybe to shoot for in the next two years. Not not talk about yeah. the P.P.O.S. chief <laughs> yeah. and, and some others. We'll see. Maybe yeah. if it's a ten minute yeah. show, maybe like a ten minute show. <laughs> I, mean, I, I would I would just I would just like all of two thousand fifteen to stick to the following motto, you know, the the saying by Ayn Rand where she said, Never think of pain or enemies longer than is mm-hmm. necessary to fight them. Right. That's and right. 
Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do. And and again, you know, we, I, I don't know. What, you know this, yeah. Do you know anything, uh, Robert, about this Hashimoto stuff? I, I, I assume you've heard of it. No. No, I, yes, vaguely, but I don't have the units. I, I don't. Yeah, and, um, and that was me too. I, I had I had vaguely heard of it. I had really no idea right. what it was. And I've heard of people having thyroid problems, but I had no idea. And then finally, you get a diagnosis, and then suddenly you do some research on it, and you say, "Oh, okay, that's what that is." Now I get it. Right. And it and it's not like it's that complex. It's it's your immune system is attacking your thyroid and making your thyroid not put out put out the hormone. And the hormone is something that we all need to be able to focus and and do all the things that we want to kick butt on in the world. So mm-hmm. it's, you know it's it's just not that complicated. What is weird is you know why are there so many more diagnoses now? It's probably just because they have the technology to diagnose this. I bet I bet it's something that happens to a bunch of people. But they're saying maybe a, as many as a fifth of the population has had problems. Wow. With, yeah, and a lot of wow. people don't even know it. So, you know, if anybody's yeah. feeling feeling sluggish, feeling not themselves in certain ways, it's mm-hmm. worth getting, you know, and, and again, everybody always gets that standard TSH level taken when they go get their physical. That thing is mm-hmm. meaningless. That thing is meaningless. Right. Apparently, the, the TSH can be normal for like seven years before the Hashimoto's Anything really shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I know someone mm. in my, I know someone in my family got Hashimoto so bad, uh, the thyroid got attacked to the extent that it had to be removed completely. Mm. And yeah, okay, you take take thyroid replacement, but apparently that's not the end of the story because the immune system then starts going after other things. So Mm -hmm. it's it's something we we have Mm -hmm. to get in control. I've always thought of somebody who could have the luxury of following paleo when I want to and then kind of like cheating, yeah, you know, right. and no big deal. And now mm-hmm. I'm getting the message, no, my body's not going to tolerate that and I have to actually mm-hmm. have a stricter diet. Um mm. and I just want to I, I just want to go to Cold Stone and get a German chocolate cake, Boom. you know. <laughs> and peanut butter peanut butter you, chocolate. You know, too. you know Cold Stone out there in New York or no? Do you have Cold yes. Stone? Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's it's way. It's, it is way too sweet, and they have a German chocolate yeah. one that they mix up for you, and it's super yeah, tasty. And I just I should not be eating hmm. this stuff. I think German chocolate right. probably has cake in it too. It probably has gluten plus uh, sugar plus dairy. Yeah. But do you Woo-hoo. guys still have the chocolate bars there that you shared with me when when I was there? Whenever Krispy Kreme no, that, that, that was a rare thing, actually. The Which uh, chocolate bar? I think it was the um, was that the ninety percent the gelato. I think dark, it was the, yeah, the, yeah, dark chocolate, yeah. The, the yeah. gelato, I think it was with the with the bars, remember? right? With the, with the chocolate, right? We that was that was a rare time that we had, but we usually have. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, we went back okay. to. If we have anything, we have the Haagen Dazs peanut butter chocolate. It's ridiculous. Right. It, it really right, is. Right. It's just so good. <laughs> it's uh, it's so good, so bad. Just so. Can I? Can I just comment on one uh, one issue? 2015 to be optimistic as well. Uh, <clears throat> I think the work that Alex Epstein is doing is just is just absolutely astounding. Yeah. And his yeah. book I'm reading right now is Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, and he is just single handedly taking on. I mean, he literally did it in New York City when they when they had the, right. the stupid um, uh, walk, and just seeing right. one man standing there, you know, while hordes of mindless 
uh, uh, <laughs> you know, savages or, or traipsing down past him and, and making comments. He was literally in the middle it, of the parade, right? Literally in the middle of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it's a good thing he knows jujitsu, you know, because right. <laughs> he must have to use it. <laughs> but but I just think he, what he's doing gives me optimism because I I'd like to have that, you know, one of my eventual goals I got to admit is to do the equivalent for Wall Street and have yeah. someone do that for education and just all these things that 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 people that the general public is just very is is skeptical of. I think. Uh, following his model uh, of taking taking an industry and just really breaking it down and showing how uh, how good it is when everyone just accepts it as evil, uh, and he's he as I say he's he's gaining he's gaining ground and I think 2015 is going to be a big year uh, for him and for for us you know uh, in getting you know getting uh, fossil fuels accepted as as uh, the the best uh, energy source and and the moral side, you know, knowing right. the moral side of that as well. So right. uh, that that certainly uh, makes me optimistic good point. about 2015. Yep, no I, doubt, and no I, I would it. certainly like to see that in education myself. I mean, we've been talking about that issue here mm-hmm. on the show incessantly, and, and this is really where the hope is for the future. You know, again, yeah. see, seeing the result in politics, particularly on the national scene, and expecting to see anything good come out of that anytime soon is pretty naive. But if no, there's a hope... I don't think... Yeah. If, if there's a hope in creating any kind of a, a groundswell that can help bring a better politician in, I mean, it will be through efforts of somebody like Alex Epstein, or, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Little by little, and get highly focused individuals passionate about a certain area and go after it full throttle. You get that in a few different fields. Yep. You make big time difference, big time. Yeah, yeah. In yeah, because no one has the moral case. You know, that's no. the, that's the thing. Nobody Absolutely. has the moral case. And that's what the, the title of his book is called. Say that again, Bosch. I'm sorry. Sorry. The the title of his book as well, the moral case. You know, is, 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 that, right. that's the whole point. Exactly. They don't have it. Exactly. No, no, no. They don't. They don't. And and. And you know, just maybe for plants and and trees and and just you know, obviously he starts with human life as a standard of value, and and anyone who disagrees with that from the get go, you know, they're yes. just automatically eliminated, and they're they're totally immune to the you know millions and billions of lives that would be lost if yeah. we reduce fossil fuel fuel usage, and and he just makes that so clear. So um, and then the other thing that I'm going to do. Uh, regarding, regarding Alex's uh, New Year's Day, I listened to his uh, his YouTube on uh, Resolution Revolution, uh, which I think is really that's that's also a nice way to to uh, to, to uh, bring in the new year with uh, goal setting and and um, you you had alluded to that uh, Amy that that's kind of going to going to be one of your uh, you know one of your plans uh, for next year as well. So that's that's a really good uh, that's a really good. Uh, motivation uh, for breaking in the new year. I've um, I've got a program that I'm going to get involved in lined up that I think is where Alex learned some of the things that he uses mm-hmm. in the Resolution Revolution. Because anyway, I'm going to announce more about it as time goes on. But I think we're going to start getting the word out about this in the first week of January or so. But there's. It's like a 12-week nice. program that I'm going to get involved in. I'm going to try to get other people 
involved with mm-hmm. me. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's something where we can all go really just start kicking butt in our own lives in 2015 and not worry so much about what's going on in the, the national scene, so to speak. You know, bear down in our own areas. And, that's all. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's really the only way. And yes, yep. we do. We do have to go out. We have to go. We have to go out and evaluate and comment and fight. You just can't get caught up in this negative vortex, and that's what happens sometimes. You know, yeah. You just it's I, so I mean, easy up. Oh, it's so easy. I mean, I I buried myself for years. You know, learning about Islam and reading every book and get every article, even mm-hmm. reading every article on Jaha Watch. I really skim to an extent now. I look at the horrors. I can't get into the details. I don't want to anymore, and just yeah. keep writing my book and get out of my system in a lot of ways. That's it. Mhm. Mhm. So you Yeah, I agree. Been, you've been giving talks, right? Robert? Yeah, I have. Yep, on heroism. Mhm. That's really and good. Now, um yeah. And I'm I'm still I'm still uh, working on the legalized privacy bit. I'm getting a oh, book nice. proposal. Getting a book proposal mm-hmm. out soon, hopefully to an agent. Hopefully it can have some effect. The Supreme Court has a chance to do something good on privacy this upcoming year. I'm doubting that they're going to do what I think that they should do, which is get rid of the third-party doctrine entirely. They're probably going to tweak it in some way. Mm. But I have I've been made aware of a recent defense again of the third-party doctrine that I'm going to have to address and take on in the in the new year as well because I really think that that's the the future of privacy. I am hoping beyond mm-hmm. hope. I, I, I think I told you this, Robert, that I've requested an interview with Snowden and yeah. I don't I don't think I'm gonna hear Excellent. back about that until after the first of the year. But I am hoping beyond hope you, that you made he some will, inroads to pot to, it's, yeah. it's very possible, at least to make contact. I, I'd I'd really love to get his mm-hmm. perspective. I mean, to the extent that he's really familiar with the legal doctrines or not, I would love to get his right. perspective I, on that. He, he, you know, you know. Again, I, th- I think that there is a lot of hope through rational people in the court system to do the right thing. And one thing that I was thinking about, you know, Ted Cruz, the negative about someone like him, is on the issues of abortion and gay marriage, right? But mm-hmm. gay, gay marriage is gaining a fairly firm yeah. hold right now through the court system, right. and mm-hmm. I'm not sure mm-hmm. how. Uh, someone like a Ted Cruz would be able to undo all right. of the and progress that they've made. Make that a, a major issue. You know, we don't know yet. Will he try to? I mean, that would be the worst thing in the world to come to in get and, that kind of platform. But, okay, then, well, here I am, yeah. and then let's talk about abortion and gay marriage. I mean, there, uh, that would be terrible. Obamacare has to be job one for someone like him. No, but he has to do everything he possibly right. can to wipe that out. But see, but this this is the other reason. You know, I, I would say yes. You know, there's been some progress made in those areas that might make, you know, the the rights of gays and and abortion rights and things a little more firmly protected against, you know, the the worst part. Really, the only bad part of someone like a Cruz that I can see. Yeah, and even even that, I think he's smart enough to realize the way Reagan eventually was that look, social issues are not they're 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 sticky, and they're not going to help me win this election. If I if I stick to the traditional conservative social issues, I'm going to get slaughtered. 
the way all my predecessors yeah. have. So I, yeah, you know, right. so I need to change that. And I think Cruz is actually smart enough to to uh, to see what's you know what's winnable and what's not winnable. What battles but, you know do I really no, they, need to but, fight? But the media, now, now, of course, the funding will come from you know from the yes. conserv you know from from the Christians, yes. you know, uh, on on those things. But but he can't win. You know, he just can't win when he when he goes down that. Nobody can. No. You know, no Republican no. can. They're great at proving that they can't. You know, when, and, when and the they media go. will do their best though to try to make that the top issue for him. You know, to try to you know yeah. assume yeah. that that's the top issue, no matter what. They'll yep. keep, you know, because that's that's the thing. Because yeah. he wouldn't win. So we'll see what In happens. In fact, I think I, if we go back to if we go back to I guess the fall of 2012, when Romney was gaining all this steam, I think the vice president debate. When Ryan came off as like this middle-aged, you know, theocrat, Paul Ryan, I mean, you, uh, on the issue of abortion, well, I think that completely changed I mean, the momentum. It, it did because that, Obama got his ass kicked, and then you got Ryan. Yep. He, you know, he thought well of Ryan. Like, okay, he's into Rand. He goes out there, he gets his ass kicked by a, a clown. Oh my gosh! Biden he, on religious issues, on the, the issue state. of abortion. And they made it a point. And they double teamed them. The, the moderator yep, and Biden double teamed. And they never recovered from that. They never no. actually recovered from that. And and so, so I think Cruz would learn. You know, he would do well to learn that that just doesn't work. And, Cruz would have. You know, Cruz wouldn't have been in that position. He would have found another way out. Uh, he's not clearly. He's not light on on his feet, Ryan. I mean, he's not. I mean, uh, yeah. He's just. You know, he's just really bad. Yeah. And then and the word is that he might run. run, run he might run for president. Paul Ryan. He reputed Ayn Rand. Wow. That was the only thing yeah. he had going. For. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He already, so yeah. it's like, oh, so it's just you're just a Republican now. Okay. Yeah. The name you know, I'd like to hear more of who I, I kind of dropped off the map is Alan West. I've always yeah. liked him, and and I haven't really heard much uh, no. about what he's what he's been up to. I mean, every, he'll he'll put a post up on Facebook about some yeah. you know latest abomination but that's a dime a dozen these days you yes know? Uh, yes it's nothing so, yeah it's nothing that's that says alan west you know no but yeah i, mean, right. I, I like also we you know we met him for a few minutes we spoke to him about alice shrug because he mentioned alice shrug twice in his one talk that he gave so he's clearly read the yep. book which is great yep it's just, it, mm-hmm. it, it's, just it's just fitting but then again uh, paul ryan read the book also and he and he, he credited rand it's like this you want to credit rand fine don't credit her for becoming a politician though I mean, that's like an insult you know no no, it really is. no, and, and, and West, West calls Democrats communists, and he's yes. right there, and he calls yeah. Islamists, you know, Mer- American yes. murderers. So he yes. doesn't, you know, on moral issues, he's actually, you know, he's better than, yeah, he's better oh, yeah. than Ryan and his ilk. That's, oh, that's no, for that, sure. No, he's better than Ryan, that's for sure. You know, whether he's mm-hmm. as good as Cruz, I don't know. I don't. I mean, as no, I don't now, think he no. is. I don't think he is. But yeah. imagine the two of them on a bill, though, with yes. him, you know, with him in the top. I, I see. The the thing is, I think the Republicans drove him out. The, the mainstream Republicans drove him out because so he was just too. You know, he he was too good. He, he was too good. good. And, and in in the House, he was. They felt intimidated by him. He always basically he yeah. was the he was a perennial re- reproach in the in, in the hallways of Congress. Right. And they were like, right, this guy, right. and, this and, guy again. You know, yeah, and when you when you again. go out and literally call Democrats communists, Absolutely you know, right. and Republicans are cringing because <laughs> you have moral certainty, uh, yep. you know, and they don't have moral certainty. No. You know, the only moral certainty they have is that God is, you know, the uh, we're in a Christian nation and God That's is responsible right. for everything, and That's and right. it's certainly not certain of that, but they think they are. So yep. so yeah, it's it's 
it's uh, no, you know, I, I love that. I, I like to hear more about also. him. Cruz said that also. I think he said when he was in the Harvard, he said, well, we had the communist wing about the Democrats, you know? And they were like, oh, my. Call them what they are, man. Wow. They're, they are they are. Yeah, yeah. Though. I didn't. Uh, well, now I like yeah. them even more. Absolutely. But, <laughs> now I like them are. even more. You know, yeah. there's, no, there's, yeah. there's no more moderate, quote, unquote, Democrats who are American. No, no, no. They passed no. Obamacare as a party. They went to socialize, you know, medicine. That's well, the that's yeah. Communist Party. And then and then listen to this one. This is for you, Robert. There in New York City, uh, Bosch sends me all kinds of awesome stories, and and here's one of them. I've been kind of scrolling through these as as you two were uh, were talking, but you know, a lot of it we've already touched on. It's not worth talking about. But here's one: De Blasio aide yeah. tweeted, "F the police." No, I think she she tweeted a, a, a little while back. No, I don't yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. It was a while that's, ago, right? Yeah. That's the nature that's of someone the, who works with him. That's the kind of person who works for de Blasio, someone who would tweet. That's right. And, and, and you know right. she celebrated the murder of those cops. You know it. Oh, yeah. And again, yeah. To, to to find this, I mean, if really you find, you you hear this, you hear the the circumstances of the scumbag who killed him. He actually told some people right before he did it, watch this. I know. And there were I people know. there who said, like, yeah, that's what you get for mistreating people. This is people were just human yeah. beings were just butchered, and they were celebrating. Yep. And they were tweeting, it, it, yep. applauding it. And this is like this is Muslim time. This is what Muslims do. Yeah. They celebrate murder. So what the hell is happening? Nihilism and anarchism Completely. kind of combined here. With that racism, uh, they want with chaos. Yeah, they want chaos. That's right. That's right. They want absolute chaos um, because they just. You know, they just hate <laughs> they hate the good, sadly, yep. and and the police defend the good. That is, you know, that is their that is their yep. purpose. That's their job, you know, literally. And and yes, there are there are issues. There are some bad apples. Don't and, and but you, well, you and then, don't and, then, and the bigger the government gets, the worse. Yeah. Well, and and the whole issue in New York with Garner, it was set That's off right. because yeah. of a horrible law. Absolutely right. That the police were yep. sent out. They, to they were forced there to yeah. go there to 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 enforce yeah. a bad law. And this guy by accident. And nobody, died. And nobody is bringing that part up. You know, which is no. race, race, no, they race, keep that, race. No, they keep that there. It's just yeah. absolutely. They went there and they hunted him down. They just killed him. You know, this is sick yeah. stuff. And that murderer who killed the cops. Well, he didn't just go there and hunt down cops, right? He was just there and doing yeah. uh, something, you know, moral, right? This yeah. Is sick. Yeah. It's. It's yeah, it is. It is sad, well, but and, but and Amy, I mean, those things tell me when when you have the aid doing that, that is not sustainable. You know, if we use that term, you can't right. keep doing that and expect to be in public office. No, you, know, you can't impossible. have this open war with the police and expect protection. You know, and and uh, even though there is, see, that's the thing. I also think it's a fringe element. I mean, there's there's big crowds in New York and everything, but I think it's, you know, the the left tactics are always to ship in people from out of town, pay them, you know, ten bucks an hour, and yeah. and um, right. that's why they couldn't that's believe dope. that the tea, when the Tea Party took hold, they couldn't believe that right wing wasn't shipping in people. That's the first thing they blamed them, to, right. you know, said they were doing because that's their tactic. They kept saying straight it, out of it, it's not grassroots. It's by not the way. grassroots. Yes, it is. Right, exactly. I saw about de Blasio and that kind of worker, right? Imagine the repression of de Blasio, a communist, of Obama, the repression that they live with. They cannot be who they are publicly. 
But de Blasio cannot say what he wants to say, and that hurts them yeah. physically, part their health, which is good. No, but no, but these guys are, yeah. are, are you know they're imagine, getting sick. Imagine if instead, and, and Bosch has hypothesized something like this before. Imagine if instead of Sony being hacked and us reading Sony's emails, that we were reading Barack Obama's emails, Michelle oh, Obama's boy. emails, yeah. Valerie yeah. Jarrett, de Blasio. Wow. Yeah. Imagine what kind of devastation. To the yeah. government. Yeah. I mean, because that, that would yeah, be if I, if I could, If <sighs> I could say one thing, though, I think between Obama and de Blasio, and I know more about Obama than de Blasio, I don't know how committed he is as a Marxist. I just think this guy is just flat out dumb, and he just coasted his way due to his race or half race. And he just, you know, backed his way. It's kind of there's a great British show, Yes, Mr. Prime Minister, where yes, they just get this guy that. into power. But it's all the other guys who are really pulling the strings. And I think right. that's exactly what happened. And and so he's so sheltered from actual reality that he comes out, you know, whenever he does an impromptu talk without the teleprompter, he just comes oh. off as a total buffoon. And I think that's yeah, who absolutely. he really is. So I don't think he's committed to. Much I just think that was the no. wave of the moment when you were in high college, and um, no, I mean, it sounds you know good, Le- but Leonard Peikoff pegged him. He's a nihilist, and 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 therefore he's yes. he likes he he's a fan of Islam. He's a fan of communism. He's a fan of evil. You know what I mean? In that sense, yeah. So he's not specifically a, yeah. a Marxist, let's say. But yeah, you're right. Well, and yeah, then, but like, I just I, think like he's I dumb. Said, like you said, I think of all yeah, of that. He's, he's, and I do. Could you, do you remember last week? When, and I know a lot of people. They said, "Oh my gosh, Amy, you're waterboarding us or whatever." But we went through that press conference of Obama. <laughs> you know what? That's what I said. And, Sorry. And I, and I think it was worthwhile. And it was in the middle of it where he was making some weird point about, you know, well, what if they actually like did this actual destruction of property, or you know, they smashed this and they did that? Is that what it takes to make you? not show your movie and he thought he was making a point and it I, I don't even know what he was no. what point he was making. He was totally incoherent. He's like, not bright. Mm-hmm. He's what not smart. I mean there's a reason why his college transcripts are not available. There's a reason yeah. why. Yeah, exactly. They're no damn good. Yep. They're no damn no. good. His writings no. are terrible. Nobody probably. remembers him from school. Like he's no, not don't. as if he stood out or anything. I mean he smoked hat. pot. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing. He just went there smoking pot that's and right. and partying and so those kinds of guys are not really committed to the movement. No. They're just there right. for a good time and and he just coasted into you know he's, in rap, this sense he's yeah. Mr. Thompson. He's he's the head of the yes. state in Atlas Shrugged. He's Mr. Thompson who just backed his way into every role because <laughs> he had nothing distinguishable about him. And then the ones the real power lusters are the ones yeah. that kind of push him there. And yes. then he thinks yes. he's the one that's really yes. you know really in charge. But it is those From other you know those. Yeah. yeah, from Bill Ayers. Bill Ayers yeah. saw him as a human bomb. He says, "You know what? Let's get him That's in the right. White House and explode That's it from right. within." That's it. Yeah, yep. Yeah, she she saw him. Yeah, we, yeah, but turn? but uh, I, go ahead, go ahead. You go ahead and finish your thought. I was just gonna say, yeah, but this De Blasio thing, uh, I just I think this is the you know this is the, the the one one and done for sure as far if he lasts you know the the the, yes. the rest of the time. You know he's definitely out because I know you know half my family and and just just you know run of the mill Democrats in New York City are already fed up with this guy. You know they're just already fed up with right. him, and uh, so they'll just take any you know anyone else uh, but him. So 
so that's good news. You know, that, it'll, be, that it'll probably be pretty bad. You know, uh, just as it will on the on the you know national level, it'll probably yeah. be pretty bad on the on the local level here in New York City. But uh, we still have you know we still have good things going on, and and I, I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I I feel as much as I feel bad for this. It's so rare to have this kind of thing happen to to these two cops. You know, yes. and they are yes, a huge is. fraternity. So, Absolutely. so, um, so I think, you know, I think the good will come. The the the, um, the good elements uh, of, of the police will will kind of uh, come out of this and and be you know kind of be uh, um, be promoted so that these real you know cop killing hate you know hatred death you know to to uh, yeah. to to the cops. People will be exposed, uh, you know, for what for what they really are. Um, I hope so. I think so too, because that's just that's just outrageous. Yeah. Why don't why, yeah, why don't we why don't we turn to a couple of positive pieces wait, wait, of cultural news? One thing, Mark Levin did, did have the soundbites from Obama's speech, like we did. Mm-hmm. I, I heard it days later. Okay. He said radio water, waterboarding. He goes, I'm sorry for <laughs> for radio waterboarding you. And John <laughs> the chat says Obama's speech was like being water. B O R E D. Waterboard. Waterboard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is as before you before you say the good news, Amy. Now. I want to again thank you, thank the two of you because I totally avoid cultural updates as much as I can, and I let the two of you do the heavy lifting. And this is how I kind of get my news. And and I appreciate it. I I can't. Yeah, I can't. I don't have the stomach for it. As as Gail Weiner says, I don't have the Stomach required of medical students to to find out what makes these guys tick, and uh, so I'm grateful that you that the two of you do this because uh, it just allows me to be productive the rest of the rest right. of the week uh, and happy with the, with the things that I'm doing to the extent that I'm allowed you know allowed to do them. Nice. So so yeah, let's move on to good news. Well, we yeah. will, and we appreciate that, Robert. Thanks, thanks so, a lot, Robert. Um, you, we'll just go ahead and leave you here on the line, and you tell us if you want to come back on again. We appreciate you. Thanks, Robert. And especially, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I figured you would have a uh, perspective. <laughs> yeah, on, on yeah. We your... had no set show today. We just said let's just uh, talk about the well, year and about next year. And... Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, next year, I do want to. You know, I've got some big projects that I'm going to be working on through the first at least half of the year and probably up into October. And then I would say after that, I want to ramp up this show more and then hopefully ramp up the influence of the show more. Although I'm thinking three days a week is going to be plenty <laughs> for anyone who wants Every old day. to, again, you know, again, what is the theme? The theme is to start looking at how you live a rational life in an irrational society. And part of that is having an appropriate engagement with the world around us. And, you know, I've I've talked before about what I think the value of talk radio is. And there's a value as long as someone is halfway decent. So again, am I the most perfect objectivist talk show host out there? No, actually, you may hear from that person sometime soon. But am I that person? I don't know. But the point is, is that what a good talk show host does is brings to you the material from which you can induce 
a proper evaluation and a proper understanding of all the events in the culture and the news and the politics and everything else. And so I would say, you know, someone like a Tammy Bruce, you listen to her on a daily basis. She's going out there two hours a day, five days a week. And she's saying, look at this, and this is bad. And she gives you a little bit of a snippet of some of the analysis of it. and Or maybe hers is the political angle, but you have a different moral angle you'd like to think about. But she's putting these things in front of you along with an evaluation to get you going. And it is the material from which you can induce, I would say, a proper understanding even if they don't provide entirely the whole understanding right. for you. So this is what a good, and I would say three days a week could be a value to people. To me, I would not feel overwhelmed by the right. stream that was coming in if I did it three days a week. By the time we usually get to the end of a week, there's just a pile of stories that people give me. So, for example, I didn't even mention on the negative uh, side the Tom Coburn which Rob Abiera shared on the Don't Let It Go on her page on Facebook. Absolutely pathetic um, sellout. Tom Coburn is a politician that we had thought highly Fairly decent, of, yeah. And on his way At out... At times, really good. On his way out, he now says that he... Loves Obama. Mm. I love him. He's great. And poor Rob. He what was, a pathetic rat. He was flummoxed. Um, other he said he loved Obama. Now, did Obama get something on him through the NSA? I don't know. Right. And what did, what did he ever say this before? Never. Going out? That's how, that's how you go out, Tom? What an idiot. Give him a life raft. Give Obama a piece of crap a life raft? To what end? I don't know. I just saw a good piece of news here on Facebook. I have a friend who had a baby um, that ended up having an infection, and we didn't know how the baby was going to do, and now the baby is in good enough shape oh, wow. so that she can hold Sweet. the baby. Yay. So this is a wonderful piece nice. of news um, that I'm seeing here right now. But let me, I wanted to also check this other piece of news. You know, again, we know about the Sony thing and that Sony eventually did say that they were going to go ahead and have these showings of the interview yes. in theaters. And another thing that Rob Abiera shared with me is a story from Hollywood Reporter, Seth Rogen cheering on the first audience in the theater for the interview and gave them all sorts of swag and things like that, too, at some of the screenings. So that was really good yeah. to see. Again, we did see a demonstration of American Sins of Life. It didn't go as far as I would like to have it been. You know, you'd say, okay, look, if you agree with us on this, it's, don't you agree that Obama did signs. bad stuff? And that's the whole thing. It's still, yeah. it's still showing signs, and that's important. If nothing like that happened, we'd be in far deeper. Now, if we could get George Clooney to read Steve Simpson's piece and on talk the Voice of Reason, and talk. go on CNN and say, you know what, I uh, I read this piece by this guy. I I gotta have him on actually. He'll be he'll be my uh, co-guest. <laughs> that would that would be great. That would be great. Um, in the good news front, NPR. Yes, yes. Right? You gave me this story, yes. and it was from a Facebook friend, Justin. Yes. NPR announced and discussed the forthcoming novel Ideal is going to be published this year. Again, Ayn Rand originally published Ideal as a play, but she originally wrote it. Before she wrote the play, she wrote it as a novel and then decided it should be a play. And now they're going to release the novel. Everyone can read it and decide for themselves. And Leonard Peikoff writes an introduction in which he explains 
Why? We got a little taste of that introduction. It sounds great. Why she ended up choosing. But NPR announces it without any No snark. snark. Total respect. Total, total respect. It was awesome. Any liberal news outlet used to ignore. Oh, man. Ignore? Ignore? Yes, exactly. Or just smear. Or smear. Yep. Now, I mean, that's pretty damn good. It's news when there's a new novel by Ayn Rand. And they seem uh, not hateful about it. They're almost excited. Now, something else to be happy about is something that, Bosch, you've spoken about uh, kind of in a mixed way recently is Rush Limbaugh's show. Yeah. But there's this theme that he's been discussing about the truth. Remember, we had a show a few weeks ago about how do we make truth matter again? And... You know, again, to bring up a theme that Robert was discussing in his call when we talk about where do we want somebody to do what Alex Epstein has done in energy. And one of the places is, of course, in education. Um, And, you know, where can we make truth matter again? Fundamentally, we make it matter again by starting in the schools. And at the very beginning, with Montessori-type training, which teaches the kids fundamental respect for reality, reality. keeps truth. them in touch with reality and with truth, and isn't about socializing them to other kids primarily and things like this. Um, but Limbaugh has been, He's been talking about the this, fact yeah. that and the, the headline that you gave me here is, a series of lies undermines our civilization. Yes, that's pretty um, that's and, well put. And fundamentally, this is because if we disconnect from reality... We disconnect from the ability to act in reality in order to produce the values that we need to survive. Absolutely right. I mean, our survival depends on being in touch with reality. That's what's going on at the most fundamental level. And to the extent that they think that they can just keep existing by evading and lying here and there and everywhere. Well, they rely on those who stick to reality. You know, Obama can't, you know, survive without those who stick to truth and reality. He can't do that. And we can't survive if, if we get continue having leaders like him again and again and again. It's over. It's over. But that kind of power, and you get an anti-reality president? No. An anti-truth president? Absolutely not. Yeah, so Russia has been very good. And then you know he, he gets a little arrogant comments. And it's just, it, to me, it, it undermines it. Heather McDonald wrote a great piece about what's going on with the uh, Black Lives Matter, quote unquote, movement, whatever that means, black skin movement. Black lives yeah, matter, not yeah. lives, lives. Well, it's, yes. it's black lives. I mean, it's, it's, you know. <laughs> no, but they're saying, and also the implication, as in white lives don't matter and Hispanic, you know, whatever. And then he's talking, he goes, well, I could read this whole thing, and I, and if I read it, you could And I'm like, I got to cut him off at that point. It's just so annoying to me. Do he has great content and then he undercuts himself and he calls it it's not arrogance it's just confidence that's not confidence he's undermining someone's article first of all but whatever that's not that's almost beside the point he's he's been good but he's tough to listen to sometimes because he has all these little quirks and they're just bad habits I think you know um, Levin's uh, Levin's excellent he's been great he takes up two weeks because he's a you because know, he's a hack but you know besides that whatever well yeah. and and here's the thing that I wonder. They immerse themselves in this. And I would say Levin, is he takes it way more personally he than does. Limbaugh does. Yes. Le, uh, Limbaugh, in almost, 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 he's like Pollyannish. He'll say he's not. He brings right. that, that term a lot. You know, but he always tries to be jolly. And I'm sorry, you cannot be jolly in this world. 
You cannot be. And Levin takes it a little to the extreme almost sometimes. He's yelling, literally. And you can't do that either. Right. You're going to burn yourself out. And he, he doesn't have a great heart. He, he takes heart medicine. He has a problem. He has all these sounds. He coughs and whatnot. But uh, limbo is just too jolly. You, it's not, a, it's not a, an era to be jolly in. I think he's trying to maintain what he always was 20 years ago. And that's just not the world that we live in anymore. And that's why in some ways I find it's a little off-putting. You know, you got to take what's happening. You got to take it very, very seriously. I think he doesn't want to get down, but you don't got to get down. Just laser in on what the problem is. Talk about it seriously. And then naturally, some humor will come out of it. I mean, just naturally. You don't have to put it on. But to be jolly, I don't like that. I just don't. Especially at this time. No. And I mean, he can be jolly on some of the worst days. Absolutely. He'll open the show and he'll be laughing about something. And there's something terrible happening. And it's just like, you you can't laugh about that. No. You really really can't. No. But then, again, Levin, he's at the other extreme. He is. But right now, he's the radio host for our time in terms of the big ones. He's the guy who takes it deadly. Seriously, because it is deadly seriously. Okay, right. But it is, saying, because it is deadly serious. But you're saying deadly serious, and I, I'm actually afraid he's going to kill himself. <sighs> he sounds sometimes of... like he might drop that up on the air. He's like, he has a, you know, he takes heart medication, and he and he's had a number of heart surgeries. And he's talking there, and he loses his breath, and he goes, Ooh, and he makes his sounds. It's a, little, it's a little annoying every so often, but he apologizes and whatnot. But I got to say, I mean, in terms of where we are, he's a, he's a guy who really latches on to the idea that we are in serious shit. Excuse me, and he fo- he focuses on that and tries to find something that we can do about it, which is what his Liberty Amendments is about. Which is he's also working on, on another book, you know. And he always talks about the fact that he writes his own books, you know, unlike O'Reilly. And you know that's the thing. Michael Savage is in in Mark Levin's head, and I don't like that. Michael Savage is irrelevant. He doesn't matter anymore. He used to. I used to like some. You know, the first time I heard him was when he had Leonard on Len Len, Len-, Len- It was a great show. And I like when Leonard at one point disagreed with him. Well, I think we're going to have to part here about something. But he is terrible. He will say things to say things. And you can't trust him. You can trust Levin. You know, more so than the other guys. But man, his his, his physical problems, who knows? I hope he takes care of himself. I mean, if I was him, I'd say, okay, I'm going to go down to three days a week. The world. I don't, know, I don't know if he could survive as a radio host on that level. He has eight million listeners. I know. You know. I know. Either take off completely, retire, or just keep going full throttle. Because that looks like he's the guy who is. He looks. He's, he's like a boxer in the ring, fighting to death for the country. That's how he comes off. Whereas Rush comes off there. He's in there. He has. A, he still has his robe on. He's a little chuckling. He's having a drink a little. He's not quite in the fight. Well, but here's the here's the thing too. I think I think Levin is banging his head against a brick wall because he is expecting no. effective political change now. He's, well, he's fighting for that no, 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 now. No, no, no. He understands that that is not the end all be all. The political change. He understands that. Well, then he's what smart. about the Liberty Amendments? Because no. he's trying to find out something to uh, do yes, now. Yes, eventually. Right? No, but he says eventually. He says that'll okay. happen. Hopefully, it goes in my lifetime. Hopefully, but he's well aware that. Okay. You know, a lot of these things are a long shot. Even if we get a, a good, uh, you know, Republican president. That's not going to change things overnight. It's not going to happen. So he's smart enough. I mean, the guy is smart, clearly. And he's the most passionate. You know, he's the most passionate and, and the, really a fighter. And he does not indulge in that crap. And sometimes he's generally funny. It comes organically from the show. It's not a case of him having the wrong expectations. No. It's a case of him immersing himself maybe too much. I mean, sometimes, yeah. Okay. 
I think so. I think he gets um, and I feel for him sometimes because I mean I, I I read these things and it's just it's you cannot help but get your your blood boiling. You really, really, really can't if you're if you're immersed in that in that crap. And that's why I no matter what you think I do pull back now. I mean I used to read everything. I can't do it anymore. I don't have the energy. I don't have the capacity to contain it almost. And uh, just just as updates, I'm still working on issue three. It's supposed to be October, and it's supposed to be out December. It is literally 30-plus pages more than each of issue one and two. It's 50-something pages. It could be mid-50s right now. And uh, I'm just trying to get it out. I will definitely get it out by January, uh, hopefully early you know, if not late January. It's probably gonna be late. Probably late January. But um it's coming along really well. I'm very pleased with it. I I think it's a strong issue. It's arguably I think a strongest issue. And a lot happens. Uh I mean one thing that happens in there is I get my first opportunity to have a flat out all out superhero battle versus you know, superhero versus supervillain battle. I've never done it before. You know, Pigman has been fighting jihadists, just killing them and left and right but now there's actually a super a supervillain, super jihad. And um, yeah, it's fun. Now you are finished drawing now. No, I'm just about. I gotta. I gotta go back and get all the details of all because there's a court scene. Um, is a is is a court scene with Killian. He's he's being uh, sued uh, for his work and for something that they did. I won't get into many details, but I gotta go back and really get the authentic detail of how a New York courtroom, a particular New York courtroom, looks like. I don't want to do any guesswork. I want to get the 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 reference. Do it all. Do it right. Those things take take a little time, you know. I'm not going to make some generic courtroom, and a few other things. But overall, I, I think, yeah. I mean, I got all the page designs. I got everything drawn out. I got, uh, you know, as I go along, I always maybe change a little panel here and there, but everything else is all there. So what I'm what I'm do different here is I'm actually going to transfer. What I do is I work on uh, on newsprint. I do all all the all the um thumb the uh, thumbnails in pages, and then I transfer it to the to the big pages on newsprint, and then I transfer that to tra- trace paper, and then I transfer that to bristleboard. And what I'm going to do now is I'm going to ink the bristleboard, and then I'm going to add the lettering uh, via the, the computer for the first time ever. I've, I, I've, I've loved writing letters in, but in terms of time and also consistency, the quality, I think, is a lot better. And I can actually type in my font, my personal font, which is great. And then from there, the color. And the, the toughest part was writing it. The second toughest part is drawing it. And each each part is progressively easier. And I'm going to try to get out as soon as I possibly can. Hopefully by January, because that's when the, the big project will begin. Right. So I have to. I have to. I have to end it by then anyway. For those who are interested, thank you very much. Um, uh, I can't wait to get it out. It's a big one. And by the way, I do have to thank people who have been supporting the show and supporting Bosch's work. Uh, some people complain to me. It's so funny. I'm in some ways a bad fundraiser. Huh. I I sent out email to show supporters and saying, you know, thanks for supporting the show. And there's a link in it where they could support the show. And, and, some, someone then donated and, to my work the other day. And thank you. I really, really appreciate it. It's, so it's and, really and, nice. and they say, why don't you put a donate button on, on your website? So I did. Right, right. It's great. And and now I've done it too. So if I've ever sent you a link for donating to the show <laughs> and you tried to click it and you <laughs> how, how pathetic am I at asking for donations I, for the show? I've always thought in a sense where you want to support my work, get, I, get my work. All I can but say But if is you want to give some those, extra. Those people who have sent donations to the show, thank you all the much more. Absolutely. Because apparently I've been you have to sending go through broken so many links hoops. to people. I mean, how many hoops do they have to go through? 
Don't Very even generous. Show. Here's a broken link. <laughs> Good luck donating. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but I actually, I think, succeeded in putting up there. So thank you, everyone, for that. Um, so next week we are still We will going see you next have... year. We are a year off, man. That's wow. Right, right. And we, we can talk more about the issue of, you know, resolutions and yeah. more concrete plans for the year. I can give you an update on my research about my wonderful health condition. And we will, uh, again, next week, 8 p.m., we will be speaking to you. But then the week after, we're going to start 10 a.m. Yes. 10 a.m. Repeat that because it's important. Yes. We're going to be 10 a.m. Pacific time. Our old time. 10 a.m. Pacific time. That's actually not our old time. Oh. It's a new and ambitious oh, time. Oh, okay. 10 a.m. Pacific time. I, that's right. That's right. That's right. On the 9th of January, we're going to kick it off with an interview with John Allison, president and CEO of Cato Institute. So what a better way. I don't yeah. think I can't think of any better way to kick off a new time. And we'll keep that time yeah. for a while. Start everyone who is getting used to this time, but I think that's far better for us, and, ultimately. And I think it'll, you know, people can listen at all times. We will occasionally still be in this slot if we can't do things during the day. I'm Thanks sorry. Everyone. I'm sorry to the caller. You know, you know what we'll do is um, we're going to officially end the show now. Okay, and but then we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just hold on. We'll stand after and we'll go ahead and grab this caller. And so just stay on. Those of you who are listening live, you can grab it in the podcast. So thanks, yeah. everyone. We'll talk to you next week.